You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. He is currently working on his second book, which is due to come out in the fall of 2019. He lives in West Michigan with his wife, Erica, who is also a therapist, and their four children. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. If you feel you have an emotional or medical need, you should consult a physician near you. If you live in West Michigan, feel free to call our office at 616-481-3784. You can also find us on the web at www.joemartino.com. If you feel you are in crisis, you should proceed to the nearest emergency services center or dial 911. Enjoy the show. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show. My name is Joe Martino, and I am so excited to share with you today uh, something that has been revolutionary for my relationship. It has literally improved my relationship with my wife, with my children, simply by doing it on repeat. When we do something on repeat, we build a habit. When we build a habit, we build a skill. If we build the right habits and the right skills, then we can get the right outcomes. And in this case, the right outcome is an improved relationship. In fact, every couple I know that is healthy does this in some way or some form. And so I really want to encourage you today. It's an easy skill, difficult to execute, but easy to do. Uh, I guess that's a contradiction. Difficult to master, easy to do. So what is this skill that we're talking about? What we're talking about is managing expectations. Now, this to me is one of the most underappreciated skills of a healthy couple. Often I feel like people, when I'm teaching this to them in counseling or at a conference, will kind of turn their nose up at the idea of managing expectations. And yet I can't tell you how important this skill is. So that begs the question, what is managing expectations and how do we build that skill? What you have to consider is what is a disappointment? What is frustration? Think about the last time that you and your spouse had an argument or a frustration that really went sideways. And later when you're trying to do kind of a post-mortem on it, or you're just sitting there in your house trying to figure out what the heck happened, you realize you have no idea. Many times that's because you thought that whatever it was was going to go one way and your spouse thought it was going to go another way. Let me tell you a story from my life. I was in grad school. Uh, We had three children. I was working numerous jobs. We were wondering how we were going to pay simple bills. And we live in a town that has a quaint, cute, and reasonably priced ice cream shop. In fact, at the time, I think it was the only ice cream shop. So we went there for ice cream. And I'm thinking in my head, everybody's going to get small cones. It's going to be fun. We have little kids. They'll be excited. One of my kids wants a hamburger and my wife wants a banana float, uh, a banana sundae. And so we order all them and immediately I pay for it, but I'm angry. So I bought the food, but I'm feeling this anger well up in me and I'm trying to manage it. My face I'm sure is giving myself away, at least to my wife, because she says to me, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, I don't know that we can afford this. And she looks at me kind of confused, like, well, then why did you suggest that we come here? Because I was the one who said, hey, let's go get ice cream. And To be frank, she had a good point. The the real issue, though, was I didn't explain what I thought we could do. I didn't explain to her, hey, look, I'd love to take the kids for ice cream, do this fun thing. And at the same time, this is kind of our budget. Managing expectations of what the event was going to be like. 
Now, we got through it. We paid our bills. Everybody was fine. Uh, but it is, a, in my opinion, it's a great illustration of what is going on when you're not managing expectations. And so managing expectations is really simple. It's just making sure that you've communicated to your spouse, to your partner, to your loved one, what it is that you're hoping will happen, what you think will happen. Just trying to share and gather as much information as possible. And obviously this is a tool that we can use beyond just how much money we're going to spend at a restaurant or at an ice cream stand. It's, it's frankly a tool that my wife and I use every day, sometimes down to every half day. One of the most common questions that we use to start a conversation, which might only last 30 seconds, is, okay, run me through tomorrow morning. What are your expectations of me tomorrow morning? This coming weekend, we are going to my in-laws to celebrate their anniversary. And one of my questions to my wife will be, tell me what your expectations are of me in regards to the weekend. They have some nice coffee shops. I like to go to coffee shops and do work, uh, read books, drink coffee, drink tea. You know, is it all right if I do that? Or do you expect me around the house all the time? That type of thing. What are What is it that you're hoping I'll do? What is it that you need me to do? What is it that you want me to do? Right. And so we have this conversation about what are your expectations, that way I know, that way I can manage them. She'll ask me, what are you hoping for me? What do you need from me? And as I share that information, she can say to me, I can do that, I can't do that, I'll try. So what we do is we start out with a conversation about, hey, what is it? We invite the conversation. What is it that you need from me? What are you hoping will happen? What do you want from me? In fact, uh, when you really want to boil it down, it comes down to three questions. If you think about a flashlight, flashlights are pretty uh, interesting tools to me. Uh, I have some that work like spotlights and can be very narrow and they can see clean across the field next to my house uh, to whatever might be out there, whether it is wildlife or somebody on a four-wheeler or whatever it is. I can see 400 yards with that. Or I can take that same flashlight and I can pull the neck down and the beam of light goes from narrow to very broad, and I can light up an entire room. Point the flashlight at the ceiling, and I have inverse lighting uh, for however long I need it. You have to kind of look at expectations a little bit like that. So we start out with the narrow beam is, this is what I need. I, I have to have this, whatever it is. So like, I need you to pay this bill. I need you to get the kids after school and take them to the dentist. I need you to come home and do this so that I can take the kids to the school. Uh, I need you to make sure this paperwork gets turned into the state. Uh, I need you to buy a present for the party. Whatever it is, this is what I need. And then the next circle, right? We make it a little bit brighter, a little bit bigger. The next circle is, this is what I would like to happen. So this isn't really a need. It's something that I would like to happen. I'd really be happy if it happened. Um, it's, it's a little bit more than just a want, right? Which is the third one. This is what I want to happen. It's, this is what I'd like to happen. So an example of this might be, uh, I'd like to go to breakfast with you this morning so that we could be on a date and have some time, just you and I. Yesterday, uh, an opportunity came up for us to do lunch. And I said to my wife, I want to do lunch with you. Bordering on, I'd like to, Right. One of the things that we have to do is you have to ask, you have to say, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you need? What is it that you would like? And then tell me how important it is. Like, like how much do you need this? How much do you want this? What's the importance of, of this to you? If it doesn't happen, how big of a disappointment is it going to be? 
And that's an important question because sometimes you might have to, you're going to have to measure between good and good things. So the skill that we want to build is managing expectations and how we manage those expectations is we just have a conversation with our spouse, with our partner, with our loved one. What is it that you want from me? Tell me about the next half day. Tell me about the next day. Tell me about Wednesday. What's going on Wednesday? Because the name of it is, is we're all busy. Life is chaotic for everyone. I was just telling somebody the other day in a very real sense, I have three full-time jobs and one part-time job, and I have a family. I have four beautiful children, an amazing wife, and I want to spend time with them. I want to be present with them, and I've also got all this work I have to manage. I've got a community that I live in that I want to give back to in certain ways. Uh, I've got friends that I want to invest in. My wife has full-time, has two two full-time jobs at the very least. Uh, she's got four children. She's got a dashingly handsome husband uh, who's brilliant and just a pure joy to be married to. Uh, she she needs to manage her life. And part of being married is two people coming together so that we can be better together than we would be apart. That's one of the reasons I believe that marriage exists. And one of the ways that we become better together than we are apart is we manage expectations. So I want you to practice this. I want you to uh, talk to your spouse, talk to your partner. If they're not listening to this podcast, get them to listen. That could be your first expectation. But just start breaking down your week. Hey, tell me about tonight. I noticed we both have Monday night off, which is unusual for us. What are your expectations? Hey, we're both going to this place. What are your expectations? Ask them, what is it that you're hoping will happen? When we start getting down to things like, hey, we consistently don't get out the door in the morning without stress. Let's plan for that and then manage expectations. So what do you need from me in the morning? What would you like for me to do in the morning? And what do you want me to do in the morning? Whatever is in that need list, let's really try to get that done. Now, our response to our spouse might be sometimes, look, I can't do that. And here's why. Always give the why. Help them understand why you think you can't do it. We might also say yes. And and one of the things that I would encourage you, uh, there is a principle that is centuries old of let your yes be yes and your no be no. And one of the things I would encourage you, if you say, yes, I can do that, really then move that, the execution of that yes to the top of your priority list. When we say, yes, I can meet this expectation that you're saying you have of me, and we don't, we of course destroy relational equity, which then hurts our emotional security in the relationship. And we end up in a place where we're not actually building the relationship because the person loses trust for us. Now, there will be sometimes when we say, yeah, I can do that, and then something comes up. Again, explaining, talking, sharing. Sometimes your spouse isn't going to have any expectations on you. Hey, what's your expectations for me Saturday morning? Nothing. I intend to sleep in. Okay, cool. So you care if I go to the gym? Nope. Have fun. Great. Now, my wife and I run this down so much that there are days where we just check in with each other before we agree to anything. So Friday's our admin days around our office for us. So these are paperwork days. Uh, I make YouTube videos, write blog posts. When I was writing my book, uh, the first book, I was working on that on Fridays. Uh, I'm working on a second one now. 
And some Fridays we just take off and we go drive to different offices and check things out, meet with people, interview people. And some Fridays we don't do anything. Right. But we agree that we check in with each other. So if a friend of mine says, hey, do you want to get coffee Friday? My standard response is, I don't know. Let me check with Erica. Or yeah, I I do, but let me check with Erica because I'm not quite sure what our plans are. And what I mean by our plans are is we haven't managed our expectations for Friday together yet. So what does that mean for us for Friday? Saturday's another day like that. I don't agree to do anything without checking with her first and vice versa. And the same with Sunday. Now, Monday to Thursday is a little bit more of a free-for-all. We, you know, we both work, so we have different offices that we're at, even though we work for the same company. Uh there are the expectations tend to might get broken down to, hey, look, this just opened up for me. Do you have any expectations? Just this morning, I was talking to her about how I was going to come to the office to uh, record this podcast. And normally um, on this day of the week in the morning, I go to a coffee shop to work on whatever writing projects I have. And I told her, I said, I think I'm just going to come to the office and make a podcast. Is that okay with you? Do you have any plans for me? Uh, and then we talked through the afternoon. I kind of had some some meetings that were scheduled that have now opened up. And so I said, I'm, I'm done. She said, what time are you coming back to the Lowell office, which is where she is all day today, and I have an evening appointment. And I said, I don't know because I might go to a coffee shop and work on some of my writing projects since I took this morning time to work on this podcast. And here's, here's the managing expectations question that is so important. Why do you have something you need me to do this afternoon? Most of your arguments, most of your fights are going to come from expectations that weren't met because most of them start with anger. And anger is a secondary emotion. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a few moments. But anger is a secondary emotion. So that means something comes before it. Often what comes before it is disappointment and pain, right? And it seems dumb to say, well, wait, I didn't have pain over the fact that I thought my wife was coming to my men's softball league game. I don't play men's league softball, but if you do, I'm trying to make this relevant for everyone. But it is pain because you're hoping she'll be there. And when you look out, you're disappointed, and that disappointed off, disappointment often gets masked with anger. And when we manage our expectations, what we're doing is we are trying to head off that pain before it happens. It comes down to assumptions for me. I assume that most people do not want to hurt their loved ones. Or at the very least, they don't want to fight with their loved ones. And so when we share with them, hey, I'm hoping you can do this. I need you to do this. I want you to do this. We're setting them up for success. And in turn, we're setting our relationship up for success. So let's talk about two things real quickly here. And then we're going to get to uh, today's question. First of all, let's talk about what happens when someone says, yes, I can do that. And they don't. You ask your partner, your spouse, your loved one, hey, this Thursday, I need you to do this. Can you do that? Yes. And then you find out they didn't. How do we handle that? Well, it's probably a very multi-layered and complicated answer, but I think you start with, hey, so what happened, right? You want to find out information. The whole point of a partnership is two people striving together. So you want to find out information on what happened, what's going on. Uh, I feel like you said you were going to do this. Did I misunderstand you? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's, hey, you said you were going to do this and it's not done. 
Can you tell me why? And sometimes things legitimately come up. Sometimes they forget. Sometimes we're married, we're partnered with people who have honesty problems. And that's where it probably gets really complicated really quickly. But one of the things that healthy people do is they invite those around them to health, right? So, hey, you thought you said you were going to do this and you didn't. Why not? Hear the reason. If it's a good reason, then okay, brainstorm how to solve the problem. If it's a repeatable problem, if it isn't, just move on. If it's not a good problem or a good reason, if it if it's kind of just a crappy excuse, call that out. Uh, call it out politely. Call it out appropriately. Uh, if you've read my book, read really any of my material, my blog posts, we kind of try to operate off of six rules to govern that. Uh, we have very specific ways that we do that. But we want to have accountability in a relationship of you said you were going to do this and you didn't. Why not? And that's a crappy excuse, right? That's kind of the very short version of how we handle that. I will say this, at least in my experience as a counselor, when, what I find is that as people purposely engage in trying to do this, they break it down to half days, whole days. What they find by and large is that it actually creates a lot of smoothness in their relationship. It improves their relational equity, which improves their emotional security, which improves the overall health of their relationship. And most of the time, you know, hey, you, you got to swing by the church and pick up those strawberries that we bought at that last auction. Wait, what church? We, we were at an auction? Yeah, you know that church over there in blah, blah place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why do I have to pick them up? Because you said you would. Oh, crap. I wasn't thinking through my schedule for today and I forgot about this meeting. Okay, we can deal with that. It's still not a really good excuse, but at least we can deal with it. Uh, you know, walks in the door. Let's say Jim walks in the door and hi, honey, hi, honey. Karen kisses him on the cheek. He kisses her on the cheek. And uh, she's like, so where is little Jim? What? Yeah, remember you said you were going to pick him up after school? Oh, no, I, I forgot same excuse, probably worse in quality because you forgot your child over strawberries. But, but you see how that works. Now we've got, we can deal with this. We can process through it, talk it through, and then move forward. Which brings me to emotions. One of the things that I am afraid is not taught to anyone by anyone is emotional understanding. Most people, when we start talking about emotions, they're going to just think, well, I don't know, that's just what I feel. I feel anger. And there were 20th century researchers who would have said that anger was a primary emotion. Uh, I would disagree with them. In fact, I think most researchers today would disagree with them because anger is often something to cover up what we felt at first. So we felt pain, we felt vulnerability, we felt disappointment, and then, then we feel anger because we want to protect ourselves from that negative feeling. Uh, I know people who would say that happiness is a secondary emotion. You, you see something and you have contentment, you have joy, you have satisfaction, and then you have happiness. I would actually subscribe to that. I think one of the things, uh, this is a totally different podcast, but I think one of the things that trips us up is we chase happiness and we never get it because happiness is a byproduct or secondary emotion of contentment. And so one of the things that managing expectations does is it lets us as individuals manage our emotions, right? It allows us the opportunity 
to stop and ask herself, what am I feeling and why? And then what could I do differently next time? So if I thought my wife was going to go to breakfast with me this morning, uh, she had an eight o'clock appointment. So I had expectations that weren't based in reality. Therefore, my emotions weren't based in reality. Simply because I feel something doesn't make it real. Right? So I feel like, oh, she just, she thinks work's more important than me. No, we've got to pay our bills. And she has a contractual agreement, if you will, with her client to meet them and to provide services at a certain time. Now, I could say to her, hey, what's your client load like today? Or I could look at the calendar and look at her client load, right? And I could manage my own expectations uh, through different tools available to me, which helps me then manage my emotions. Because simply feeling anger or hurt doesn't mean that I have any reason to feel anger or hurt. And I know that is countercultural to the world we live in in 2018, but simply feeling something doesn't make it real. And so when we manage our expectations, we allow ourselves to manage our emotions and thus protect the relationship, right? Because if I can limit the possibility that I'll be disappointed, because I have really clear understanding of what my wife's expecting for the day, then I can limit my chances that that disappointment, primary emotion, turns into anger, secondary emotion. So once again, I want to tell you, just practice this skill, practice managing your expectations. Uh, I love this tool. I've seen it work in my own life. I've seen it work for couples that I work with, couples on the brink of divorce. One of the very first things we do is we start managing expectations, communicating them in a healthy way. And by managing our expectations, we can manage our emotions and move them forward. All right, let's move to the next section of the show. We're gonna talk about uh, today's question. And this question is from Heather in Muskegon. Heather writes and says, Hi Joe, I'm thinking about going into counseling and I am wondering what the process is. Okay, so great question. One I get a lot, people will have a counselor. It'll be a very impactful experience for them and so they wanna go into counseling and they ask what the process is. The truth is the answer is a little bit different per state. So in other words, the answers that I'm gonna give in this show are for the state of Michigan. And reciprocity is not quite as national as we would like. Uh, I do believe that some national organizations are working on achieving that, but we're just not there yet. So the process in Michigan is that you need to have a master's in counseling, and then you have to do a practicum and two internships, which basically takes a year and a half, two years on average. Uh, and then you fill out paperwork and you get fingerprinted, they do a background check, all that good stuff. And assuming all that comes up dandy, uh, you can get licensed as a limited licensed practicing counselor. Uh, in that case, then you need to be supervised by someone who is a licensed practicing counselor, which is considered full licensure. And what that is, is for two years, you apprentice, uh, kind of, you have your notes checked, you know, case study, and hopefully you're building good habits where case study, which is, you know, case, hey, you talk to other therapists about what's going on uh, with your cases so that they can give you advice and help you, you know, stay up on the latest trends, the latest techniques, and those types of things. So you need a bachelor's, you need a master's, you need to have those, at least the master's in the appropriate degree program, and then you need to fill out your paperwork, and then you need to do a two-year, basically, 
apprenticeship as a limited license counselor, and then you can take your national boards exam, which is a couple hours long. I took it a number of years ago. I don't remember exactly how long it is. Uh, And when you pass that with an average score, you can then fill out more paperwork, send the state more money, and then you become a fully licensed counselor. Uh, In the state of Michigan, obviously in every state, there's different licensures. So I am a licensed practicing counselor. There are people who get their master's in social work. And then they become licensed master social workers. That process is similar, but a little bit different. Uh, There are people that become limited licensed psychologists. And uh, that process is also different. I obviously am biased towards the counseling degree. Do feel that every degree, every program, every license has its value. It has its place in the mental health field as we try to help people be mentally and emotionally healthy and strong. So great question, Heather from Muskegon. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in pursuing that, and I hope it works out for you. If you have a question for the show, send me an email, info at joemartino.com, I-N-F-O at joemartino.com. Thanks so much for listening today, and uh, I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.